Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. My name is Alex Barrett, and I am the lead pastor here. And we are gearing up for Thanksgiving uh, this next week. And today's message is just kind of a way of how do we approach Thanksgiving in a way that we actually can uh, give thanks. Uh, We can give thanks to God. Uh, We can give thanks for our lives, uh, even in the midst of of hard things. And so today's message is called Gratitude's Melody. And we're going to be looking at Psalm 63 in the scripture. It's a Psalm of David. And we're going to be unpacking how this Psalm can also be the tune of our lives. Now, I want to ask you a question. If, if you were to kind of write a song based on the thoughts that you're having right now or the things that you're focusing on, what would that tune be? Like, what would that song be about? It's very easy in our lives that our thoughts can just kind of go crazy in, in all sorts of different directions to some dark places, to some things that are filled with, with anxiety. And so if you were to think, what would the song sound like that represented the thoughts that I have? Uh, for me, it could be very mixed. It could have a song that maybe seems hopeful, but then in the middle of it goes again to maybe some things that, that aren't helpful. Maybe some things that are filled with a lot of fear unknown. It's very easy for me to worry about the things that I have no control over. And I'm sure uh, the same is for you. And so I hope today, with the time that we spend together, the time looking at God's word, we can begin to ask the question, what's the song of our life right now? Like, what is the tune of our life based on the thoughts that we have, based on the attitudes that we keep? And then how does God's word help us to kind of switch that tune? How do we make sure that we're listening to God's word, we're putting it into action, and it's actually this sweet song that pleases him and blesses others? And so as we dig into Psalm 63, I want to give you kind of a backdrop uh, to why this scripture is so helpful. Psalm is uh, Psalm 63 is written by King David. Now, if you think of the kings of our day, for the most part, we wouldn't necessarily have a lot that we could relate to with them about. Uh, They live in palaces and far off places. They have help and servants and anything that they really could dream of. That's certainly not my life. It's certainly not your life. Uh, We have all sorts of things that are concerning us. But in this psalm specifically, everything that David had worked for, everything that he had that represented his his power and his prestige was was actually taken from him. Uh, His kingdom was falling apart. In fact, he was on the run from his own son who was trying to take his life. And so everything that you think about a king in this instance is not the case for David. He's actually taking real inventory of his life. He's thinking about how did it get to this point? But in the middle of it, in the middle of all these things, all these these ideas and overwhelming thoughts, He comes to this point where he stops, he reflects, he looks up to God for help. And so I want to dig in, and this is really the overarching point. Lasting gratitude is found in God, not our circumstances. The way you have gratitude, the way that you give thanks, is you can't just look only at your circumstances. Why? Well, our circumstances change. We have good days, we have bad days. We have things that we're really hopeful about and then we're things that we're really concerned about. Some days we feel like we've got things together in our life and then other days it's unraveling. 
at least that's what represents my life. Is that kind of how it is for you? It just seems like everything can be so good and then so bad in an instant. So when you look at your circumstances, your life is like a roller coaster. It's up and down and it's scary. But when you look to God, you can actually have a lasting gratitude that can really surpass even what makes sense. It's like, how can I have contentment and have happiness and have gratitude when my life seems like it's in disarray? Well, it's because God is the one who gives us that contentment. He's the one that gives us that happiness and he's the one that gives us ultimate gratitude. And so that's what we're gonna focus on. So I wanna start by reading this Psalm to you and then we're gonna be unpacking this verse by verse. So here is Psalm 63. And this is David speaking. He says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So the imagery here is actually what's representing what David is experiencing. He is in the Judean desert at the time. It's this parched land. He looks out and it kind of represents his life. I look out and I have nothing. I look out and it's just dry. I look out and there's just this thirst I have for things to get better. So in the middle of this desert, as he's on the run from his son, he turns to God and he says, I need you, I long for you, just like in this land right now, I'm parched, I need a drink, I need you, God, I need you. And so the focus is in God. And then verse two, notice what he does. So I've looked upon you in the sanctuary beholding your power and glory because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you, verse four, I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help and in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you, your right hand upholds me. So in the middle of the trying circumstance that David experiences, notice he focuses on God, who God is, the attributes attributes of God and how that brings comfort to him. In this, you find that God is, is personal. He says that, oh God, you are my God. He is powerful and glorious. Nobody compares to him. He's faithful and loving. He will come through. He will give us what we need. And then he was David's help. And so in each one of those verses, he builds this case. I can be filled with thanksgiving. I can be filled with gratitude, not because of everything in my life that is together, but because of who God is. And what you focus on makes all of the difference. And so let's break this down verse by verse with really some kind of imperatives. Like if this is true about God, then this means I can actually think differently. And if I think differently, then I can act differently. And then I can actually have some different outcomes. So let's start. First, since God is personal, this is what David is saying, I can have a relationship with him. And let's look back at the beginning of the Psalm. Oh God, you are my God earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Notice David does not say, oh God, are you there? Or, oh God, do you exist? But it's, oh God, 
my God, there's this personal relationship and experience that David has had with God. He has seen him come through again and again. God was known to David. They had a relationship. He can be pursued and David had pursued him and and found him. And he says, earnestly, I seek you. This earnest is like this diligent. You, You seek the God like early, like you wake up early knowing you need to face your day. And the only way you could face your day is to face God first. Say, God, I I need you. You are my God. Come through for me. So I want to ask the question, why would a relationship with God matter to David? And and why would that matter to us and make a difference? Well, if you think about it, what David is saying is, I have somebody who I can talk to. I have somebody that I always know will be there no matter what I'm facing. Wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, I can turn to him. So since God is personal, I can have a relationship with him. What's another aspect of this psalm that can fill us with gratitude? Here's another one. Since God is powerful and glorious, I can rely on his provision. So not only is he there, but he will come through. When I call on him, when I ask him for help, when I plead with him for mercy, he gives it. When I ask him to provide, he does it. Notice what it says. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. This is the picture of of worship. Now, certainly in this moment, David's not in a sanctuary. He's not in a temple. He's not in any sort of churchy place. He's in the middle of nowhere. But what he's saying is, I know, God, that whenever I call on you, I can worship you wherever I am. And since you are so powerful and glorious, anywhere I go, I can't escape it. I could be on the furthest part of the planet and your glory and your power are still there. I could be in the darkest moment of my life and your power and your glory are still there. How comforting this is, no matter what we've done and no matter where we are, the power and glory of God and God himself meets us when we talk to him. So when we need something in life, what, what, what is it that you do? When you need something, how do you find out what to do? Well, certainly, if you're like me, Google is one of the things you use a lot. If you have a question about something, you, you search it in Google. If you have a health concern, certainly in this season, you may have had tons of questions like, do I have COVID? What are the symptoms of COVID? Do I have this sickness? And we're all a little bit on edge because of that. And so you may search WebMD. You may ask somebody that's a friend that maybe is in the medical profession. So we have different things that we turn to for help. We turn to experts if we need knowledge in a specific area. But what do you do when you need direction? What do you do when you feel overwhelmed with life and you feel like there's no hope? What do you do when Google doesn't really produce the results you need? It's in this instant that David is saying, you have to have another avenue to turn to. We can't just turn to Anyone, we can't just turn to technology. What he's saying is, since God is personal, I can have a relationship with him. And since he's powerful and he's glorious and I cannot escape him, he will provide. And so David is reminding all of us with whatever we're facing, the concerns that you have, the concerns that I have, we can turn to God for help. So he's personal, I can have a relationship. He's powerful and he's glorious he will provide. Here's the third. Since God is faithful and loving, I can find real satisfaction. Not something that's just filled, again, by circumstance 
or by a good day. But I can find real satisfaction because God himself is faithful to me and he loves me. Notice verse three, because your steadfast love is better than life. Like nothing compares. My lips will praise you. Verse four, so I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. Again, David is king. He's had some of the best meals that you could ever imagine. He's had the deep satisfaction that knowing at any moment he could snap his fingers and somebody would provide what he needs. But notice in this moment, it's been stripped from him. Everything he had was now in the past. Like he's just looking back. But as he's looking forward and as he's looking around, Who does he have to take care of him? It's in that moment when everything had been stripped away that he realized, and he remembered he had God. And he's saying his love is better than life itself. The idea is without his love, life would not be worth living. What would I do? And then he compares this provision of God, this faithful and lovingness of God to this this experience of having this just awesome meal, like completely satisfied with what you've eaten. I don't know if, if you're kind of a foodie and you like good meals, but have you ever had a meal where you, you had just the right amount? You're not, you didn't eat too much that you feel sick and you didn't have enough where you're still hungry, but you ate and it was like, that was an amazing meal. It was fully satisfying. And that's what David is saying. As you relate to God, he gives you what you need. And the reason he gives you what you need is he knows what you need. And because he's faithful and loving, he will do right. He will take care of us. So David, in the middle of these circumstances, can find gratitude in that. So, since God is personal, I can have a relationship with him. Since he's powerful and glorious, he will provide. Since he's faithful and loving, I can find real satisfaction. I don't have to look elsewhere for completeness, for wholeness. God tells me who I am and therefore that's who I am. There's a real security there. Let's go on. Verses seven and eight. Since God has been my help, I can have confidence as I face the future. I don't know about you, but this year has been a year where I have lacked confidence at almost every day I've woken up. Kind of a confidence in my own plans, a confidence in things are gonna work out for good, for my family's good, for the church's good. I feel like my confidence has been so shaky because everything I've always known has been taken from me. And this is exactly what David experienced. I think what happens in life is as things are normal and as we just get used to going through life and it's predictable, we tend to just keep relying on ourselves. Like we have it together. We we have our own competencies. We have our own skills. We know how to manage. Well, 2020 has been a year where we've been just anything but managing. It's so easy to spiral out because nothing is normal. And David was having a year just like that. And his was even worse. Think about being pursued by your own family who wanted to take you out. And so David cries out these words, verse seven, you, for you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you, Your right hand upholds me. 
So he's saying, you know what? I'm not acting like everything is normal and good. David's not lying about his life. He's not got his hand over his eyes. He doesn't have his head in the sand. He's saying, look, you have been my help because I've needed your help. I don't have the provisions. I don't have the wherewithal. I don't have the competencies to deal with what I'm dealing with. And that may may be where you're finding yourself. And that is where God meets us. It's at the moment that we realize we don't have what it takes. We don't have enough. That's where God works because we are dependent on him. Uh, The shadow of your wings is actually a common expression in scripture. We don't use it a lot here, but it's this imagery of like an eagle taking care of its young in the, the, the shadow of its grandiose wings. It represents cover, protection, and the provision for those who trust in God. Just like a bird protects and cares for their young, God is a refuge. That's where the safety is. And that represents what we all need. We we all want this, this power and this satisfaction, the provision, the confidence in the midst of the unknown. And Psalm 63 is saying like, when you turn to God, that's what you can have. And so when David says, you have been my help, I can find it in the shadow of your wings. I can find protection in you. And so since God is personal, I can have a relationship with him. Since he's powerful and glorious, I can rely on his provision. Since he's faithful and loving, I can find real satisfaction. And since God has been my help, I can find confidence in the unknown. I hope that is an encouragement to you. I hope that that fills you with a sense of, you know what? I've been looking and fixing my eyes on all my circumstances And every day I feel like I'm just a dog without a leash, just going crazy all over the neighborhood. That's what's happening in our mind between our ears. But David and the truth of scripture reminds us, we can fix our attention and our eyes on God and we can find lasting gratitude. So as you enter the Thanksgiving season, you may be getting with family. You may be taking just having some time off of work. I encourage you, take some time away from everything you're facing and turn to God. And turn each one of these on the listening guide, print it out, take notes, turn each of these into a prayer for you that you can experience these in a real way this coming week. So I want to leave you with a few next steps. Here's the first. Write out a specific prayer where you need God to come through. What is it that, that you're facing? Like you're like, Alex, I, I want to look to God, but there's so much going on here. So, so what you do is you, you just, you, you take a concern you have for your family. You take a concern you have for your finances. You take a concern you have for your work, whatever it is you're facing. And you just turn that into a prayer to God. God, I need you to come through here. And I know you're powerful and glorious. I know you're personal. You hear me. I know you're faithful and loving. And so I ask you to help me right now. Turn what you're facing into a specific prayer and ask God to come through. Do that today. Do that this week. Take that next step. The second is to read Psalm 63 and pull out a key insight. Read it for for yourself and just ask God to speak to you. And what he does is as you ask him to speak to you and you you read it and you take some time to, to meditate and you look at the different words and the sentences and the verses and the phrases, 
Just ask God to show you something you need to focus on. And so I encourage you this week, take the time to do that. Before you get on your phone, maybe before you get on social media, look at the news. Read Psalm 63. Again, print this out and you can read it on the page. And then the last next step, we're entering the Christmas season as we have Thanksgiving. And then as we gear up for Christmas, there are so many people who are facing all the circumstances we've described. Things that people wish were a reality, but are not. Things that people wish were back to normal, but they're not. Everyone is unsettled. And as a church, we want to celebrate this season. And Joel's mentioned lots of different opportunities that we have coming up. But I want to draw your attention specifically to our Christmas service on December 20th. People are looking for hope right now. They're looking for a sense of how can I move forward as I face this next year. And so I want to invite you, start praying for three people in your life who you can invite. Maybe the thought of inviting people kind of fills you with some anxiety. So why don't practice what we've been talking about? Just pray and say, God, will you help me to have an opportunity to invite these three people? So let's begin with prayer. On your connection card, we'd love to know who you plan on inviting so we can pray with you as well. So we're so glad that you have joined us this morning. We hope that you have a blessed Thanksgiving. In the middle of all that you're facing, our prayer for you is that this psalm will become real and you'll be able to experience God as the one who brings lasting gratitude. Let's pray together. Father, we do thank you for your scriptures, which reminds us of what to focus on. I pray for everyone who's facing difficult things, trying circumstances, anxiety, and fear. God, I pray that they will turn to you this week, that they'll fix their attention on you, that they'll focus on who you are and how who you are really determines what we can do. So we thank you for being a God who can be known and personal, for being faithful and loving, for being our help. We praise your name in the name of Jesus. Amen.